Welcome, you're listening to the Zapfloor Connects podcast show. For each episode, we discover new things in the world of agile working, work at the office, office tech, and more. Stay tuned. Up next, me, Nicolas Kollenberg, content marketer at Zapfloor. All right. Thank you again, Tom, for uh, doing this interview with me. And, uh, and of course, welcome. Uh, but without further ado, let's uh, dive straight into it. So, Tom, the first question, uh, what is the name of your co-working space? The name of our co-working space is StartDoc. All right. And how many members does StartDoc have? Um, in total, we have... I actually... Uh, Checked it. We do have one hundred and thousand one hundred and seventy members, and six hundred and forty-four companies that we uh, we facilitate. Yeah, it's quite sizable uh, indeed. And uh, what type of companies uh, work at uh, Startalk? And is there a more prevalent group among them? Um, actually, actually, the the strength of our concept is that we host and facilitate. Uh, a great variety of companies so we try to focus on not having any competitors within the same building because we believe that you're less transparent towards a random competitor than towards uh, a stranger that can probably add something to your company or to your concept so we focus on the variety and therefore we have many kind of sectors many kind of entrepreneurs many kind of businesses that we uh, that we cater and facilitate um, but most of them are focused in the online environment so let's say Online marketeers, uh, apps, platforms, okay. uh, like traditional start and scale ups in, in any kind of sector. Um, so mostly online uh, related, I would say. All right. Okay. Um, and is there maybe a reason for that? Why uh, online is such a big focus group uh, for, for start? It's not necessarily a, a focus group for us. Like um, it happens like organically. Um, those kind of people uh, tend to work more from environments like a co-working uh, space, I would say. Um, and therefore, they uh, they find us in, in Amsterdam and in Rotterdam. We have four locations, actually. So, um, yeah, they they more find us than, than the other way around, I would say. Uh, because yeah. Yeah, we're attractive to those kind of companies, tech-related. Well, fantastic. It's always good if the companies come in themselves without you uh, needing to do the reach out, of course. Huh? Um all right. And uh, maybe the follow-up question, what makes StartTalk uh, unique? You already mentioned that part of your strength is the diversification of, of the type of members that you have. Um, but maybe you can add something to that. Yeah. So next to that, we only have um, monumental classical buildings, um, okay. which are... Uh, well, really beautiful buildings, obviously. Um, and it's not very common that, that our type of customer is working from such a building. Um, so that's the reason why we started actually is, is also that we wanted to facilitate these kind of buildings to these kind of entrepreneurs. Like, why do you need to be a banker or a lawyer in order to, to work from the most beautiful buildings? We believe that it's also feasible and possible to, to well, to have the startup culture and the startup, eco, startup ecosystem working from buildings like this. So that's also one of our, uh, yeah, I would say unique unique points. Um, and yeah, so the, the the fact that we focus on on uh, yeah not having as much competition as possible, but trying to to monitor that for for our uh, ecosystems for the communities. Um, that those are definitely uh, our strengths, I would say. And and 
every co-working space says they have the best community, the most dense community. So I, I try always to, to not focus too much on that when I when I talk about what makes us unique. Um, but I believe that, that we do have uh, one of the most dense communities uh, in both Amsterdam and in Rotterdam. People really know each other by name. They visit each other's birthdays. They have parties together. So, um, yeah, that's really something we focus on a lot. And, and we think it's uh, that's one of our uh, yeah, unique points as well. Yeah, and there's a good reason why a lot of working spaces also mention their community because indeed that is one of the core values of working, right? So of, of having that community and having like-minded people in the same environment. So uh, good to hear, yeah. right? Uh, compared to pre-pandemic times, uh, do you notice a change in your membership base? And that can be the type of membership that you see coming, uh, the companies, um, you name it, anything. Um no so the um, the biggest change that we have noticed since then and and now is that we see more uh individuals working for bigger companies mm-hmm. that that visit our co-working spaces on a daily weekly or monthly basis yeah. so this did this doesn't this didn't happen very much very often uh before the the pandemic um, but now it happens more and more so so we see that that a lot of corporates give like co-working passes to their employees. So they say, you don't have to work from our headquarters, but you can also work from any of these co-working spaces. So here you have a pass, please visit them. So yeah. we have seen a big increase in, in that uh, part of the demand. Uh, but f- for our own uh, members, we don't see a lot of difference uh, actually. Well, in the beginning, we saw a lot of people in the, in the uh, retail sector, people in the events businesses, they really had a hard time. And we, as a concept, we try to think with them and for them how, did, how they could survive while they could still stay in our co-working uh, buildings. Um, but some of them didn't survive. Um, so they were, yeah, like uh, replaced by other companies, more online focused, what we saw back then. Yeah. That's all of the change that we have uh, seen on Ashkel. Okay, interesting. Yeah, it's something that I hear a lot, actually, uh, that, that larger companies will also are... are moving more towards co-working and uh, allowing their uh, employees to to be flexible in that way as well to to go to co-working spaces and use it as a satellite office for example or uh, yeah, okay. this is this is a brilliant solution to to decrease the um, the amount of of travel time that you have from from home to work let's say in the netherlands you you live in utrecht and you daily have to commute towards amsterdam it doesn't make sense you can better just pick a, a co-working space in utrecht four days a week and one day a week, go to your office and see your colleagues for two days a week. This makes more sense as this, this has really changed since, uh, since the pandemic. So, so this hybrid way of working is, uh, is, is increasing. Indeed. Yeah. And so with hybrid way of working coming up more and often, uh, have you changed maybe your offering at all in the last few years as well? Uh, and if so, how? Well, we constantly change our offering because you always have to be uh, adept to anything that changes. Um, and and yeah, we have been trying and pivoting like everything. So day passes, hourly passes, uh, and we constantly keep changing it uh, when we see demand changing or when our back office says, okay, in, in the beginning we had 100 members, now we have 1,000. Uh, so we probably should stop with this model because it takes us too much time in order to keep handling it. Yeah. And so we constantly change our model. So yeah, this is this is ongoing, I would say. Okay, right. Um, and what changes do you see happening in the flexible workspace market right now? 
yeah, so this this hybrid way of working is is um, increasing, I think, in all the the, the co-working uh, spaces. Um, other changes that you see is um, we see more and more change uh, chains. So not a, an individual co-working space, but a chain of co-working spaces. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, when, also when we started, you had a lot of indiv- individual spaces, um, which all had their unique like uh, angle. Um, and we see more and more uh, spaces integrating with each other or uh, chains taking over other chains. And, and we see more and more like the, the maturization, I would say, of our market, um, which I think can also have some some uh, benefits and, and, and added value also for the, the customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see, uh, I see a, a big nicheification also from, from uh, various chains or, or individual spaces. So some really focus on sustainable companies, some focus on women, some focus on tech companies, some focus on um, Dutch only. You, you, can, uh, you, yeah, you can cater any type of, of entrepreneur or business. Yeah. Um, and, and we try to stay away from that. So we cater everybody, which is our unique selling point. So, so yeah. the variety of, of entrepreneurs and, and specialists that we have in our buildings, something that you can learn a lot from. Uh, but we also see a lot of uh, chains nicheifying uh, themselves, which also makes sense, I think. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Indeed. Um, all right. And maybe uh, remote working, ha- it's changed the way that we perceive the function of the office, as you mentioned, with hybrid working being more of a thing. Uh, what does this mean for working space? And I think you already answered this in part. But. Um, well, it also means in a way, and, and this is something that I'm not particularly happy with, um, it also means that uh, your own community that you build up within a co-working space uh, has more people coming in and out on a daily basis. Yeah. So we see a lot of people in Amsterdam, for instance, working for Nike, um, the sportswear company. Um, their headquarters is in Hilversum, but all, almost all their employees live in Amsterdam. So they have this possibility now to work from the co-working spaces. So they come in one day and then they never come back again. So when they meet our members during lunchtime uh, in the co-working space, they meet and they 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 change uh, LinkedIn and they say, oh, we should probably work together in the future. And the next day they're gone and you don't see them on the lunches, you don't see them on the drinks. And this is specifically what we are trying to build. We try to build a community of people that know each other, that, that take care of each other and that do business with each other as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is probably uh, one of the side effects of, of yeah, this, this becoming more and more flexible of our sector and more hybrid, um, that people see a co-working space as a space where you just hop in and out again. This is not the way we see a co-working space. We try to build a community of, of the people that are in. Um, so that's probably for us more a negative point than, than positive. On, on the positive side, we also see more individuals coming in. It's it, yeah. it, it, it also gives a lot of like vibrancy in the building. And then this is definitely cool. Yeah. yeah. So there's a flip side to it eh, indeed, because normally, I, I, if I reiterate correctly, people used to come to Corcus Suisse more so for the community part of it, as it was a really big benefit, it still is. Uh, right. But people now also see it as just a place to work at sometimes. And uh, that causes for a lot of churn, but also a lot of incoming people. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Um, uh, Maybe uh, an odd question, but what do you wish you had known about the flexible workspace markets uh, six months ago? 
six months ago. That's just for in the beginning of our concept. That was a short period of time. Now I would say it's uh, that was a long period of time. Now I would say it's a short period of time. Six months ago, that was probably when we came out of the, the COVID pandemic. Um, what I now would have known, yeah, there's not so much that I would have known. Probably that the, um, yeah, I actually we actually knew that the way of working would would change. Because mm-hmm. of the pandemic, so so we adapted to to this hybrid way of working. Yeah, it was probably the most important change for us. But I know that that some of our competitors that are more f- uh, focused on on renting offices towards uh, corporates or large organizations, um, they had had really hard times due to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so so for them, the, the 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 pandemic was was way more impactful than for us. Yeah, um, we didn't have that much. Uh, problems with pandemic, uh, but but the fact that people mostly had to work from home and thus it was not so so uh, vibrant in the buildings. But yeah, there's not so much that I would have known six months before. I would say no. No, I mean, so you say that at least you guys uh, were accurate in your predictions of what the future would bring uh, six months ago, and that led to uh, the current situation. Yeah, but I think. Everybody in the co-working sector was aware of this because we all saw that people had to work from home five days a week. Yeah. They, became, they became tired of that, but they saw the benefits as well. So everybody was already like predicting, like probably people will work from home two days a week or three, and then two, two or three days in the co-working space or in a cafe, and then probably one or two days in the headquarters. Yeah. Um, so that's not the uh, that's not the because we are so genius, I think. <laughs> 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 all right no that's that's uh that's fair um and while we're on the topic of of making predictions uh let's let's uh, close with a, a final question about one uh what does the future of working look like um i think this maturization of the sector will uh continue um and i think in the beginning you saw a lot of chains taking over individual co-working spaces and i think more and more chains will also integrate with each other or take over each other um this niceification i think will continue so uh since more and more people will uh will uh, keep working and and uh start working from co-working spaces uh, you will see that there becomes more variety in um, high-end co-working spaces, startup kind of co-working spaces, female kind of co-working spaces, impact kind of co-working spaces. I think this will continue. And I'm also curious where it will, where it will stop, where um, the large organizations and, and the, the mid, mid-sized organizations, whether they will use co-working spaces more or, or less. I, I think for, for the upcoming years, especially the large organizations, the corporates, they will definitely increase their amount of usage of co-working uh, space and a flexible office space. Um, but I can't predict where this will stop. But uh, um, let's say in, in cities like London, um, there are really, uh, I think like 16% of the, the office space in London in total is, is already flexible. So they're mm-hmm. way ahead of, of cities like, well, you're in Antwerp, I'm, I'm in Amsterdam. Uh, they're way ahead of us. Um, so I think our kind of cities really have to have to grow, uh, and, and there's a lot of possibility to, to for our sector to grow, yeah. um, which also makes the, the the real estate sector more flexible. And this was also one of the reasons why we wanted to start with it when we started our our business before Starbuck. I had an IT business. When we started it, we we 
we're looking for office environment and, and we had to sign a contract for five years at a certain point with the landlord. And we were like, yeah, we don't even know if we still exist next year. How can we sign a contract, a lease contract for five years ahead? Yeah. So I think it's very good for the sector and for the the life cycle of the the, the nowadays company um, that that the the real estate market flexible uh, flexibilizes more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I see the the future of our sector uh, uh, very positive, and uh, there's still a lot of fun to do in this uh, in this sector for all of us. So um, yeah. I'm uh, I'm happy to to work uh, in the co-working sector uh, together with you guys. All right, that's great to hear, and uh, that's that's a great way to end the uh, interview as well on a positive note. Uh, so, uh, Tom, uh, thank you so much for doing the interview, uh, and with that, we can uh, conclude.